Hi, I'm Kevin, and welcome to Maison Mission. This is episode number 37. Maison Mission is an inclusive faith community. The word Maison comes from a Greek word that means greater. The Maison Mission is about finding greater spaces for people to hear and experience the good news of Jesus. You can find out more about Maison Mission by visiting MaisonMission.com or through the links in the description of this program. Well, I'm really excited because today we have a very special guest with us. Uh, he lives in England, which is quite a bit of ways away. Uh, his name is Hayden Spensley. He's a vicar in the Church of England, and he's been a good friend of mine and Levi's uh, for a while now. And I am just so excited to hear what God has put on his heart as he continues in our series, Stories. Hi, everybody. My name's Hayden. I'm a minister uh, in a church in Northampton in England in a group of churches called the Emmanuel Group of Churches. Uh, it's also a great privilege for me to count uh, Kevin and Erin, Levi and Heather and their families among friends from my wife Joe and I and I'm glad to be able to spend the next few minutes talking with you this afternoon. I'm slightly overawed to be honest because um, I've listened to the last couple of messages that Erin and Levi have shared with you in your series about stories that point to the kingdom and well they were pretty good weren't they and uh, I've spent quite a long time uh, over the last 10 days, 2 weeks or so really trying to come up with a story that has the same um zing or panache or real kind of emotional resonance as either of those uh, from the last two weeks and you know what i i really can't and i spent a while thinking oh man <laughs> you, you're useless Hayden. You, you know what's going on here why can't you think of something to say to these fine people why why aren't you as good as them? And then I thought, actually, I bet there's people watching the broadcast and um, involved in Maison Mission who hearing on the broadcast, on the programs each week, think, yeah, I, I can't really do that. Whatever it is, whether it's musical talent or the ability to, to speak really clearly or uh, tell a good story that has a real kind of deep point in the middle of it or at the end of it uh, anytime somebody says to me well why why are you a christian why do you believe what you believe why do you go to church why do you belong to that strange community of people who care more about other people than they do about themselves what's that about that rather than having a bunch of words trip off the tongue and uh you win the argument, you know, you feel like the best lawyer in the world or something. Although um, the judge and the lawyer in last week's story seemed pretty amazing to me. Um, your mind goes blank, your mouth goes dry and you just go, well, oh, I don't know, really, I just do. And then uh, you kind of go, oh, 
afterwards. I could have said this, I could have said this, I wish I'd said this. I wish that Bible verses tripped off my tongue. I wish I could do logical arguing. I wish, I wish, I wish. And God, you must think I'm so useless. Um, you, you have no use for me. I don't know if anybody watching this has ever felt ever at all like that, but I've got to be honest, uh, I do sometimes. I, you kind of have that um, inferiority complex, that very natural human nature thing of comparing yourself to somebody else who seems better at something than you are and thinking, oh, I could never do that. I've always wanted to manage to get Michael Scott from the office into a talk. Today's the day. Now, of course, we know Michael Scott, one of the greatest characters in modern television. I think that goes without saying. <laughs> Naturally, obviously, quite clearly, based on a character that is originally English, like all the best things in America, based on something originally found in England. And uh, my mind, literally the only story I could think of to tell in this talk, for some reason, I hope it has some actual use, was the episode of The Office where Michael's hosting the Dundies one of the great times in that series where he's hosting the Dundies and whipping up the crowd in Chili's who are largely paying no attention whatsoever and wishing it would all be over quite soon, a bit like some of us feel about church services, really. And uh, he, he does that thing uh, that he does, gets really serious and says, I feel God in this Chili's tonight. That's meant to make all the difference. It's supposed to change the atmosphere. It's supposed to um, ratchet up the excitement, the tension. The, you can feel the electricity um, that Michael is trying to bring about through what he says. No one bats an eyelid. They just carry on eating and talking and wishing it would all be over soon. Um, and he's disappointed because he's hoped that his words would have impact, that they'd bring about a change, not for the first or the last time in uh, the office. Uh, whoever was in the boss's chair, the hoped-for outcome did not materialise because, amongst many other things, I think, words that are not backed up with actions lead to not very much at all. Words that are not backed up with actions lead to not very much at all. Now in Luke chapter 10, Jesus sends out the disciples to do what he has told them to do. He sends out the 72, two by two, in pairs, so that they didn't make a mess all on their own. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. He says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. 
when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near, he says. Heal the sick who were there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you, he says. Sorry, I read that in completely the wrong order, but you get the idea. There's a choice. Will the disciples, the 72, will they be welcomed? Will they eat what's offered to them, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near? Or will they not be welcomed? And then we're told later on it will be more bearable on the day that the dust is shaken from the feet of them as they leave the town for Sodom than it will be for the town that they leave behind. That's pretty serious stuff, right? It's almost as if Jesus expects them to be like him. Imagine that. Almost as if Jesus expects them to be like him. He couldn't possibly expect us to be like him today, could he? No, it's the expectation. In a town that we're welcomed into, you eat what's offered to you, you proclaim peace, you rest, you eat and drink whatever's given to you for the worker deserves their wages. You stay in that house, expect hospitality and receive it and be grateful for it. But heal the sick. It's not, you know, if you feel up to it, heal the sick. Or if you uh, say the right words in the right order, I feel God in this chilies tonight, then suddenly something will happen. It's just a straight up expectation that those who follow Jesus and do the things that he sends us to do will heal the sick. And that will be a sign that the kingdom of God has come near to you. Later on, it's a well-known story this. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. So here is my question to you. It's all very well having words and stories that sound authoritative. That's a hard word to say when you're a bit tired like I am. Are we putting it into practice? The best story we can tell to people around us about the kingdom of God is the one that we put into action with how we live our lives. Doesn't mean we have to be perfect, because we're not, none of us are, 
but are we available when we wake up every morning to go to the places where God sends us and do the things that kingdom people do? Do we act justly to bring about justice with how we live? Do we act mercifully? Do we walk humbly or do we want what's due to us? Are we seeking what we're entitled to? Are we expecting to receive things because we were promised them? Whatever that means. Or are we willing to be the people who put others first? Who give clothes to people who don't have enough clothes? Who give food to people who don't have enough food? Who... Uh, pray for the sick who dare to pray for those who are dead either spiritually or physically to be raised do we fill the hungry with good things either physical food or spiritual food because I can tell you even within the churches of the western world there are a lot of people who are hungry for the truth right now there are a lot of churches uh, a lot of Christians who are missing the mark it's not about um, saying all the right things only it's about what you do as well one thing to say I feel God in this chilies tonight but it's another thing to walk day by day with that God in the power of the Spirit in union with Christ and to the glory of God the Father and to seek to bring about the kind of changes that God would have us bring about in our communities I don't think God tolerates injustice well. The Bible's pretty clear about that. I don't think God uh, loves war. In fact, I think he hates it. I don't think we know what we're doing really when we reject um, the stranger or the foreigner when they find their way into our land. How far we've fallen from what God would have us do and who God would have us be. Here's a question as I finish uh, that I asked my own church last Sunday. How hard is my heart today? How hard is yours? How open is my heart today? How open is yours? Let's be open-hearted, soft-hearted, not hard-hearted and closed-hearted. And let's not just talk as if we feel God in the room, but live 
knowing that God is with us and that he does have love, abundant, never-ending life-giving love for each and every human being. Because if we live like that's true, if we believe that's true, if we believe that Jesus is Lord and say it with our mouths, then not just that we will be saved, but that many might hear the good news through us. And what greater change could there be than that? Thank you for uh, listening to my waffle today, this afternoon. It's this afternoon for me because uh, you guys meet in my afternoon. I hope it's been helpful. It's nothing like what Aaron and Levi have done in the past or what anybody else will do in the future. But I do pray that you will be blessed and that you'll know that the kingdom of heaven is close at hand in your life and that you'll proclaim that good news to everyone you meet in the days ahead. Thanks for listening. Just a few reminders before you go. House churches are starting up next week. This is a great way for you and your family to get plugged in to the Maison mission. Sign up today on the Digital Connect card. Just a reminder that our programming will look a little different on the two weeks of the month that our house churches meet. That program will start next week. If you're interested in learning more about the Maison mission and how you can get involved, let us know. Sign up on the Digital Connect card to be notified the next time we hold an interest meeting. Maison Mission is a non-denominational church. These programs and conversations are only possible through the financial support and donations from people just like you. If our program encouraged you today, consider supporting the Maison Mission with a one-time gift or on a recurring basis. You can give through MaisonMission.com and follow the link to give you can also text the dollar amount to 84321 and follow the links to Maison Mission. We'll also be displaying our giving links on a slide at the conclusion of this program. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you all have a fantastic week.